What's up, everybody? Welcome to Neighborly Discourse. I am Billy, episode 154. So, behind closed doors, I've been moving a lot of stuff around, new microphones, new microphone stands. They do not appear to be the most user-friendly, so I've got to work with that. So, if you're watching, you see me, like, hunched up here to the microphone. You know, it is what it is. I'll figure it out. So, that being said, what's up? Again, episode 154, Neighborly Discourse. Uh, Billy here riding solo. So... Steve sent me a text the other day. He's like, hey, go to this. Let me see. Let me read what it says here. Because Steve sends me stuff, and he always puts his disclaimer on him, how important it is for me to watch it. Because, you know, if it's a 20-minute video, I'm ready to turn it off at 10 minutes. If it's a 10-minute video, I want it off at 5 minutes. If it's a 5-minute video, 2 minutes, I'm looking to turn it off. Like, I just don't watch all the way through. So we sends this. Please, please, please watch this. This is the clearest explanation I've heard to date, which explains what we've been experiencing the last few years. And if you find it intriguing, go listen to the full talk. So I've not listened to it yet. It's 15 minutes I saw. I'm down for that, especially if Steve's asking me to listen. I'm going to listen, but we're going to listen together. So you're going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. It'll be on YouTube on the Neighborly Discourse episode 154 full podcast video on YouTube on Rumble. So let's see. I see Hillsdale College. So let's see what we have here. Let's get started. Let's see whether this guy here, Big Pharma. Oh, Big Pharma and the Communist Chinese Party, the Chinese Communist Party. So let's see what we got here. Very much for that kind introduction. Good afternoon, everyone. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here at Hillsdale College. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be a very friendly audience. I was, um, we'll see, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I appreciate that, yes. Yes, the last, well, I, I gave a talk yesterday to, the, to some of the grad students in RJ Pistrito's class. But before that, two weeks ago, the last audience I was in front of was a grand jury in Washington, D.C. His last, uh, his last audience was the grand jury. That's interesting. I was one of the, I was one of the 30 people that was subpoenaed from Trump world uh, regarding the, the uh, January 6th and the relationship of my investigation and other people's investigation of the election in November of 2020. So I spent six and a half hours in front of a grand jury talking to them about how I thought China had helped steal the election in 2020. Let me pause that here for YouTube. I'm not saying any of this stuff. They've kicked me off twice now for election things. I'm not saying anything about the election. That's this guy. It's still on. If it's been three days, you know, maybe I'll muffle the sound a bit. But he was talking about he was subpoenaed the grand jury to talk about January 6th and his thoughts on China in the election. Thank you. That's sort of gratuitous, of course. But the um, there were a lot of nodding heads in that grand jury in Washington D.C. Even in Washington D.C., I think people believed that there was something wrong. So after the first three and a half hours, that's interesting to hear. According to him, in the in the grand jury, when he's giving his testimony, a lot of people, you know, he's putting his facts out that agree with what he's saying. Not a lot to say that out loud, though. 
Of course, I thought, I can do this all day, because all I was doing was talking about communist China and uh, what I thought was a problem. What well, is a great pleasure to be back at Hillsdale College. Someone asked me uh, earlier in the week where I was going, and I said I was going to the finest university in America to give a talk. I'm very proud of what my old colleagues, Larry Arn and Doug Jeffrey and Tim Casper and Tom West and Mickey Craig and RJ Pastrito and so many others have built here. It's a, it's a really great honor and privilege. Thank you. Um, before I begin my talk, I would like to make a point that I think needs to be made. I think you know this, but we're living in very strange times. It's often very difficult to understand such times. The human eye may look for anomalies, but the human brain looks for which is that which is regular and predictable. It wants to reject anomalies and prefer instead normalcy. This is one reason that the term conspiracy theory can gain such traction. In the early days of the COVID pandemic, it was said that it might have come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. No, 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 that, that was just a conspiracy theory, it was said. That can't be true. This is heard a lot these days to the point where it really is the go-to meme on MSNBC or CNN or any of the mainstream media. When they don't like what is being said, it's a conspiracy theory. Whether it's Isn't that true? Instead of taking the time to vet the information, to see if it's true, to see if it's real, to see if it has any fact to it, they simply say, oh, conspiracy theory and push it out. Like, get it like it's not even there. Where the rest of us say all the conspiracy theory needs is six months to become fact. Because we can point to 20, 30 of them just like that when it comes to COVID, elections, America itself, that six, seven, eight months ago, or when, when it became a factual statement accepted by mainstream, we've been saying it five, six, seven months prior, all it needs is six months to become truth. All you got to do is a little bit of vetting, which goes to show they don't want to find the correct information. It's COVID, the vaccine, election fraud, or anything that deviates from the accepted narrative. Mm -hmm. When you examine everything that's going on today, you can't quite make sense of what is going on. You need to ask yourself the simple question, why is this happening? What's going on here? Is this all a series of random events? Or is there order, planning, and high government policy at work? Robert Kennedy mentioned the other night the Event 201 project, the so-called tabletop experiment on how to deal with the coronavirus pandemic. That included very important people from within the government and outside the government. Averill Haynes was there. She's today the Director of National Intelligence in the Biden administration. She just happened to be there. Christopher Elias from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation just happened to be there. George Gao from the Chinese CDC, representatives from the World Economic Forum and the like. People who'd be influential in the media. Now, this isn't random. This is, this is policy at work, strategy. So hold on. So he's saying that Table 201 project is to you know do stuff about coronavirus, check it out. And people that are part of this table this group think tank whatever i'm sorry the committee bill bill and melinda gates foundation uh chinese cdc is there ahead of biden's something um administration is in there i think he said uh 
um, something military. I'm blanking right now. I'm not going to go back. I don't want to lose my spot. But these people who we know to be, who we think allegedly can move the table, so to speak, with money or backdoor deals or whatnot, these are people investigating uh, what could have happened and should have happened with coronavirus? Come on, bro. These people? It worked. People mean to do these things for a reason. There's something going on. And as much as I enjoyed the lectures by Robert Kennedy and Naomi Wolf, and I agree with everything that was said by them, I just want to remind us once again, these are not mainstream views. Nowhere close to it. It's not going to be accepted very far outside this room, unfortunately. And listen, I was talking to the old man the other day. I was like, you know, Trump's running mate. Let it be, let it be Tulsi Gabbard. Let it be, you know, because she's, she's a Democrat, but she seems to be logical. She has her far left stuff, don't get me wrong. But she also understands what is logic. So I would say, okay, this is a Democrat, not a liberal. And the old man was like, well, what about Robert Kennedy? I'm like, <clears throat> I go, the oh, yeah, he's good. His, you know, country twang. Oh, he's related. He's a Kennedy. I'm thinking to myself, this guy's a Democrat? He's saying all the things that we agree with as conservatives, as Republicans. And again, it just goes to show you this batshit crazy mentality that these liberals have, it is not widely accepted, not even in their own party. So pay attention to who you're backing, because it's a small fraction of crazy people out there who are in control of everything, who we're trying to get rid of. Nor will anything I have to say be very mainstream, no matter how much people are waking up to the threat from communist China. Much work needs to be done, and I am most grateful that Hillsdale College is at the forefront of presenting these ideas to a candid world. As chairman of the Committee on the Present Danger China, which I founded with Steve Bannon and Frank Gaffney in 2019, I had the pleasure, I have the pleasure of working with a group of scholars, writers, intellectuals, former military and intelligence officials, academic, policy analysts, and the like to understand what communist China is trying to do to destroy the United States. Much of what I have to say today will be the product of four years of work by the committee to try to understand the machinations of communist China and our own government, which has seemingly become very malleable and subject to manipulation by the CCP. So he's talking about the committee that he's a part of, those two other gentlemen he spoke of. So I, I don't know why I pause. Just listen, because this guy's got four years of research on what communist China is trying to do to, uh, to do to undermine America. I would humbly argue that for the last three years, the United States, with everything the United States has experienced, has been an exercise in information, political, and psychological warfare aimed at the American people, both from abroad and from forces here at home. This includes a bio-warfare attack against the United States, although it was treated even today as something else. And that really is the purpose of my talk, to see if we can understand that. Specifically, I'd like to discuss the Chinese Communist Party and its interplay with Big Pharma. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm stopping just in case there's like copyright hits or whatnot, but is this guy about to get to? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm already rubbing my legs. Like, I'm already, I'm already getting a little bit perturbed. Is he about to say 
I'm not even going to say it because I don't know how, how YouTube is going to perceive this. So to me, it sounds like he is hinting that what we experienced over the past couple years was deliberately set. The world had to pay for what was done to America is what I think he's about to get to. I hope I'm wrong. When it comes to these conspiracies, those of us who think them, we hope we're wrong. Because if we're right, our government sucks and hates us. The world we know doesn't like us. We hope our conspiracies are wrong because that means really bad shit is happening. Now, now, I'd like to do three things this afternoon. First, I'd like to describe the strategic objectives of the Chinese Communist Party. Second, I'd like to discuss Big Pharma and how it has failed the American people. And finally, I'd like to discuss how I think both of these entities are working to destroy the United States and the free world. First, the CCP. It has a single goal, the control of the earth and all the peoples of it. Three things should inform how we deal with and think about the Chinese Communist Party. And here we are trying to understand the Chinese Communist Party as they understand themselves. The first is that they have declared a people's war against the United States, a people's war. They declared this in May of 2019 against the United States. This was published in the People's Daily, which is a media arm of the CCP. It was a signal to the people of China that an unconventional war would be waged against the United States and that they should prepare themselves for war. So it was first a message to the Chinese people themselves. Are you hearing this? In 2019, China told its people, be prepared to, for war. We're going to engage in a war with the United States of America. The reason for this people's war was that the United States had the temerity to try to enforce some kind of ban, some kind of mechanism to stop communist China, the People's Liberation Army, the industrial espionage units within it, and private cyber thieves within communist China from stealing about $500 billion a year in intellectual property from the United States. That's $5 trillion over a decade, the Trump administration had said. So because we had the temerity to ask them to quit stealing $5 trillion of our intellectual property, they declared a people's war on us. That's how they think of us, that whatever we have belongs to them. And I'd also say that people's war was not just about money. It was also about political control. They believed they had control of the United States before Donald Trump and the MAGA movement. They had captured Magic, the elites in the West. They thought they had bought them off. Major media figures like Rupert Murdoch were sympathetic to them. The masters of the universe on Wall Street like Larry Fink at BlackRock or Steven Schwartzman at Blackstone were all making billions of dollars doing business in communist China. They, they, the CCP, believed they had complete control of the oligarchs in the United States. That much was clear. The MAGA movement and Donald Trump, however, represented something different. It represented a genuine resurgence of American nationalism. It represented an awakening. 
So it represents American nationalism. You ever wonder why the media gets so pissed off on American nationalists? They attach white Christian nationalists. They're trying to make everything a negative thing. But just off what this guy just said, the, the MAGA movement brought up nationalists, people who are proud of their country. And now you ever wonder why the media goes after the nationalists. They're the worst. They're this, that, and the other. Because they're all bought and paid for by China. All the Clintons, the Obamas, Bidens, all of them. All these, all these companies buying up land and selling it to China. Trump gets in, shuts it down. We the people rise up and they can't take it. And they make nationalists something you should be proud of. Look at anybody from Cuba, from Mexico, from Italy, from any other place in the world who come over here. They got their Cuban pride, Dominican pride, Italian pride. But watch somebody say, oh, I love America. Oh, you're a nationalist. It's a bad thing. Even though they promote other people to promote their countries here in America. In America, if you love America, you're a nationalist and it's a bad thing. And now we know why. For the American people. The communist movement that has operated in this country for the better part of a century was having a lot of success prior to Donald Trump. If the primary goal of communism or a communist revolution is to first demoralize the American people, which is an absolute requirement for a communist revolution, demoralization, Donald Trump represented a remoralization of the American people that from the Chinese communist point of view could not be tolerated. The United States is the most powerful nation of the Judeo-Christian West. With Donald Trump as president, the principles of human freedom and the great traditions of the Christian West were being reborn. For that reason, the Chinese Communist Party must have believed that it must be destroyed or at minimum Donald Trump needed to be destroyed politically. Within six months of their declaration of a people's war, the COVID-19 virus was spreading throughout the world. And it matters little whether it was intentionally leaked from a lab or not. What is clear is that they allowed it to spread throughout the world knowing the harm it would cause. And just as a practical matter, even if it were an intentional attack, in war, deception matters. And even an intentional attack would require that it look like an accident, as I'll, I'll discuss a little later. But it was always going to be presented as the possibility of a lab leak. Now, again, regardless, COVID-19 was used as a bioweapon against the United States, which leads me to the second point in this section Deflection, unintentional target, things that can be explained. Oh, no, this happened, this happened, this was collateral damage. This was, again, plausible deniability. All these things, as what this guy is saying, happened with China, the vid, all of it. Unintentional consequences or unintentional accidents, collateral damage to get where it needed to go. When you're trying to understand communist China, you really need to understand their belief in unrestricted warfare. There was a famous book by two colonels in 1999. They were colonels, of course, of the People's Liberation Army, and they wrote a book called Unrestricted Warfare. And it's been a popular document that I and my colleagues on the Committee on the Danger point to. 
because it's one of the ways to understand China and how they think about policy and statecraft. In the book, the two colonels believe that war between China and the United States is inevitable. And the PRC, they believe, must be prepared, if they are to win, to engage in whatever means are necessary to achieve this. And they say, the variable means to achieve this victory include the use of economic warfare, cyber warfare, information warfare, political warfare, they use this phrase, terrorism, bio-warfare, and the like. They're right. So these guys wrote this book that says when you deal with China, China pretty much says hang the rules. I've got no time for rules of engagement. We're going to do anything and everything we can to take over. Like all these, I'm not, I'm not a historian, the Geneva Convention, all these things that you're allowed and not allowed to do, but I'm pretty sure bioweapon is not in there. And here's China. These guys wrote a book from dealing with China that says, yo, <laughs> I got no time for your rules. If I'm, if I'm coming to win, I'm coming to win. I'm doing whatever it takes. Despite that, they tell the world this in 1999. Wars, as we know, are fought on battlefields, on the seas. But yes, today they are also fought online, in the media, in boardrooms, in classrooms, and in laboratories. Their purpose in writing this document, which was very well known in China and outside of China, was to lay down a marker with US policymakers that nothing was going to be out of bounds when it comes to how the PRC viewed the United States. They wanted to make sure the PRC was capable of waging war and that they were committing, committed doing so whenever and wherever it took. So for all the commerce we in the United States may engage in with the PRC, we ought to have no illusions that they see themselves as our enemy and an enemy that they are allowed to do anything they want to because, after all, from their point of view, they're in a war with us. This leads me to the third part of my section on Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party, and that's work that's been extensively done by my colleague on the Committee on the Present Danger, J.R. Nyquist. And he's really done extensive work in promoting a secret speech that was given in 2003. And it deals with what the Chinese communists think of as the problem of America. And it was articulated in this speech by the Chinese defense minister, General Shi Ho Xin. He gave it to members of the Politburo. And I'm gonna focus a bit on it today because I think it is one of the most underappreciated documents that are intelligence community has and does not highlight. And I think you'll see where I'm going with this um, as I lay this out. He's talking to the people within the Politburo who are going to be planning out the future of Chinese strategy. And he's taking a long-term view the way the Chinese typically do. As he's laying out the problems for them to deal with, he is referencing Nazi Germany first in World War II, of course. He says about Nazi Germany, the following are the fundamental causes of their defeat, the Nazis. First, they had too many enemies all at once, as they did not adhere to the principles of eliminating enemies one at a time. Second, they were too impetuous, lacking the patience and perseverance 
required for great accomplishments. Third, when the time came for them to be ruthless, they turned out to be too soft, therefore leaving troubles that resurfaced. So these Chinese, these people who wrote this, the Chinese general way back when, he's saying that the Nazis were too soft on their enemies, didn't follow strategic plans of one enemy at a time, have everybody hated them and come at them at once. But again, calling the Nazis soft. This is China talking about this. Later on. So just for perspective, Shi Ho Shin believes the Nazis were inherently, as he says, too soft to win the Second World War. So he lays out what ought to have been their strategy. He says, let's presume that back when Germany and Japan had been able to keep the United States neutral and had fought a protracted war step by step on the Soviet front, if they'd adopted this approach, gained some time to advance their research, eventually succeeded in obtaining the technology of nuclear weapons and missiles, and launched surprise attacks against the United States and the Soviet Union using them, then the United States and the Soviet Union would not have been able to defend themselves and would have had to surrender. Little Japan, he says, in particular, made an egregious mistake in launching the sneak attack on Pearl Harbor. This attack not hit the vital parts of the United States. Instead, it dragged the United States into the war, into the ranks of the grave diggers that eventually buried the German and Japanese fascists. There's so, so like Steve said in the text, if you're interested and there's more to the talk, I may actually have to go and look more into that because we've said it on like the, the Chinese communists, they are for country first. So you're not allowed to be anything other than for country. So they, like you said, they play the long game. They will take decades, generations to infiltrate their enemy because for them, as long as China rules the world, it could be next year, next decade, next century. It's all for the forward movement of global domination. And we can see here, he talked about the global, um, the, the, the media arm of the Communist Party where they say and do whatever they want. We see that here. The mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, all the liberal outlets, they're controlled by the government. That is not allowed. That's Amendment 1, free press, free speech. The press is to hold the government accountable, but they're taken from the communist playbook, control the government, uh, control the media, control the narrative, and do what you want. Read a history book, even though they're trying to change it, which is a problem with the Internet. They can pick and choose what's there, delete. You never find out what it is. But this is the communist playbook. Control the media. Control the people. They said, we don't care about the rules of war, the rules of engagement. We're coming at you. They told their people, be prepared for a war. They might have said in their own terms, you're going to be part of those casualties because our main goal is global domination. Who knows how accurate that is? It's not misinformation. It's just speculation. But people, and you're walking right into this. You're buying everything the liberals are saying. And this guy, this isn't off the whim. This isn't COVID vaccine in six months. This guy took four years of research. He's pulling up stuff from, from, from the 1990s, early 2000s. 
stuff that generals and information they've acquired, speeches given by the Communist Party on how they're going to do things. It's not just nonsense. Four years of information gathered, and you got to go to Hillsdale College, which is a predominantly conservative, um, I wouldn't say conservative, just a normal thinking institution. Rush Limbaugh talked about it all the time, and a lot of y'all, oh, that's definitely conservative. It is what it is. Things can't, things can not be liberal and still be normal. It doesn't need to be liberal or conservative, but yes, this is a predominantly conservative mindset, and they're the only ones talking about it. You got to go to YouTube to find it. I'm surprised they haven't scrubbed it yet. But most of the world isn't good. They don't like us because we are free to do what we want. It's why they're coming after our guns. It's why they want the automatic rifles, even though, again, AR-15s are not Unfortunately, look at those horrible videos, the people shooting, it's one pump at a time, one shot at a time. They're not holding back. You can actually see the videos of these horrible tragedies when they have to actually use the trigger. So even then, they're lying to you, saying they're automatics, and you clowns believe it. They've lied to us every step of the way, and it's only about 10% of these crazy assholes in the government, in the country, but they control all social media, almost, almost all news, almost all education. So though it's a small fraction, they're everywhere. We the people, we're the only ones that can tell them, screw you. The rest of the world knows how it's going to happen. But these young kids, they're not coming after us. They're sending these pedophiles to little kids' schools, dressed up as drag queens and saying whatever crazy shit's in these books they read. They're going after our children to brainwash them. Steve and I talked about it years ago. I'm 40, Steve's 50. When we were in school, sharing is caring wasn't a thing. Now, his kid, we, we asked his oldest son, Nathan, who I believe is in his early 20s. He kind of remembers sharing is caring. Again, 20, 30 years younger than Steve. So they're going after the kids, promoting that socialism, promoting the, the what's mine is yours, yours is mine, nobody earns anything in America mentality. They started with the kids and they're still at it. You go to these places now, these liberal schools, these American kids hate America. They're at them because that generation will be taking over to vote soon. Already are. And they're just going to hand us over to China. The reason why we have the Second Amendment is to stop the government from taking over us. It's why we have the guns. The people with the guns are saying, no guns. You give up yours, then maybe I'll give up mine. Maybe. But give up yours first. We'll see what happens. Come on, man. They're not doing that. And it happened in Nazi Germany. It happened in China. Pay attention. It's, it's common knowledge that it doesn't work and they go after their people first. Now Biden's going after us, his administration. He's got China helping. He's in bed with them. Everybody's against us here in America. We, the people, are the only ones that can stand up and do something about it. Pay attention to your kids and what they learn in school. Pay attention to the video games and the apps. Are your data being, is your data being shared? Where is it going? Clear your cookies. Whatever you can. It's probably already over there. All these Snapchat. Look at all the funny faces I can make. They're just profiling your face so they can put it in that AI. We all saw in what is it, uh, Winter Soldier, Ca Captain America 2. 
Minority Report, we're going to stop the threat before it happens. Follow your patterns. What you purchase today, 10 years down the road, will link to your profile to say you have a chance to be a threat to something. That's what this shit's all about. Call me conspiracy theorist. Call me crazy. I hope I'm wrong. But come on, bro. ESG, the old man talked about it. Your smart car. Electric, Wi-Fi. If you're speeding, a cop doesn't need to pull you over. They know the mile from point A to point B is a half-hour trip. You got there in 27 minutes. Odds are you speeded somewhere. They're going to track it. They're going to bill you. Do you know how much money they're going to make? This smart stuff has nothing to do with the earth. They couldn't give a shit about the earth. They're coming after your money. This global currency, that or the American currency, Fed now, they don't like what you purchase. They press the button. No more spending for you. They don't like what you're driving. I'm turning off your car. No more driving for you. You think this has anything to do to better us? It's global control. Total control. It's what they want. They don't want to help you. They want to control you. They control your money. They control you. They forced everybody on Obamacare. They control your health care. Some people are getting off of it. Trump put his own thing out there. Healthcare in America is crazy, though it's the best there is in the world. Look up these videos. These people from Canada. They have the universal medicine. Go ask them about it. The doctor you get is who you get. You can't go to another one. If they suck, sucks for you. Go look around the world. Oh, it's all free. It's help. Okay, great. You don't pay for it, but you get what you get. I don't want, I'm not trusting my hands to some doctor who sucks, but I can't get another one. There's good and bad in everything. We have the good over here, more than not. Don't buy what the media is selling you. Video pissed me off a little bit, guys. You know, I wanted to come in here. Today's my baby's birthday. She turns five. You know, we got family in town to get weekend, family around, swimming, bounce houses, water balloon fights, everything, man. It was awesome. That's it, man. 154. I'm not going to go too far into it. First time back. I've told you guys this before. Schedule changed at work. I went from working from home, always in the office, being able to edit, work, record, work. No big deal. I transferred back outside and the, the job that I work, I'm now I work outside. It's five days a week, nine, ten hours a day. I'm barely home. When I'm home, I'm with the kids. Weekends, I'm doing stuff. I'm relaxing. So I'm going to try to get in here. Me and the old man, we record at night sometimes. I got stuff with my friends. We got uh, Microsoft Teams. We're going to put together some stuff and talk about various things, politics, sports, nonsense. It's probably not going to be for some people, but it's going to be for other people. And we're here for everybody, whether you know, we'll try to pick, give you what you want in segments, but we're trying to do other things other times of the day. But for me, you know, me and Steve twice a day, twice a week is not happening. Steve's not being here in the new year. He's got other stuff going on. I'm not sure what it is. But schedules change. Still trying to get to you as often as I can. Still trying to fire up the mics. Still trying to react. Still trying to do a conspiracy corner, which I've got one coming up about um, population control. So we have the stuff, we don't have the time. But I told you, if we fail at podcasting, it's not going to be for lack of effort. I will find a way to get in here. The old man, Steve will come back sometime, trying to get my friends involved. Whatever I can to get stuff out, we will do. If I have to abandon, you know, the full-on hour-long podcast, 
but do 10-minute segments here and there, 10-minute videos on YouTube, two-minute reels on on reels on Instagram, hey, I'll do it. Boom, 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 boom. You know, whatever gets a message to the people to wake up. You only have one life. You only have one country. You got to do your best to protect both. The liberals are trying to take it from you. Wake up. Wake up, America. Come on. Boom. A lot of people don't like the bullet right here. Promotes violence. No, it doesn't. America. Second Amendment. Come after me. I'm going to defend myself. That's how it works. Episode 154. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Talk to you again soon. You guys have a great day.